Alliance Church. Happy Father's Day to all, and it's so good to be here. Some quick announcements here before we get started. <clears throat> so, some of them will be up here, but this Tuesday, we have, on the same day, the Holy Spirit interaction, and that is usually at, was it 10 o'clock? 10 a.m., and we have an elders meeting that night at 6 p.m. Wednesday is our prayer power hour here at the church. That's at 8 o'clock, 8 to 9, and all are welcome to that. Saturday, men's fishing outing. Where, not sure, where, where will that be at? Lake Jean, Okay. It's going to be at Ricketts Glen State Park. So meet here at the church at 7 and go out to the outing. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. They all did that last year and had a great time. Um, and then mark down on calendar for June 11th, which will be the women's ministry event. Um, anyone got an idea what, what that's about? June 11th paths. Oh, you're right. Maybe this is July, July 11th. <laughs> okay, July 11th. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm not sure. what we'll, we'll find out more about that when the time's closer. But keep that on your calendar. July 11th. Okay. Okay, there. Okay, July 8th. Okay, scratch that. July 8th is the women's ministry event. July 11th is the board meeting. That's at 6 p.m. And then we got uh, from the 10th through the 15th here in Light Street is the, their carnival. And that's always a good outreach for us as a, a church. They do like to see that the church, that there are people that go there. So uh, there might be a way that you can just show that this church is active, whether it's by going to it or just uh, maybe even participating in some sort of way. But uh, keep that in mind for the Light Street Carnival. That's uh, July 10th through the 15th, and that's right down here, right beyond the uh, fire hall. It's like down in the park. And last but not least, July 22nd is the car wash outreach. They did that last year. And uh, it's where you give a dollar to the people that come to get their car washed. They don't pay you a dollar. We give them a dollar. And then that's our opportunity to uh, present the gospel to them. So if you guys want to get involved with that, that'll be, uh, I guess that's going to be a Saturday. And that's 10 to 2. Nothing too extravagant. We just, you know, get the buckets of soap. And uh, it's more about presenting the gospel to them. So if you want to participate in that, talk to one of the leaders here. So, all right, let's go to the, wor the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we're all here today, Lord, and we're here because, Lord, you are our Father, and Lord, that we want to show you our gratitude to you and for all that you do for us. And 
Lord, bless this uh, time here at church, Lord, that we can just reflect and focus on you. And Lord, just take in your word, Lord, and help it to resonate in our hearts, Lord, and help us to enjoy the food fellowship, Lord, that's to come. And Lord, just uh, all the fellowship that <clears throat> we'll share together, Lord, and bless the hands that prepared it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. We're so glad to see so many dads here this morning. Um, and before we get into worship, uh, what better way? I thought it was really fitting, the song that was in my head that I was singing when I woke up this morning, um, is a song by uh, my new favorite band, Kane. Anyone ever heard of Kane? They're amazing. I love them. <laughs> so um, this is a song, and it's sung from the perspective of God. Um, and I, didn't, I think that there's nothing more fitting on Father's Day than talk about the love of our Heavenly Father. So I just wanted to share the lyrics with you this morning. It says, you got a voice in your head, the same old guilt and regret you heard a thousand times before. After the choices you've made, you're waiting for me to say, I couldn't love you anymore. The enemy has lied to you, but listen to me, here's the truth. I couldn't love you any more than I do right now. There's nowhere I wouldn't go to get to you, my child. Take a look at the cross, then you'll know it for sure. I couldn't love you. I couldn't love you anymore. And that is our Heavenly Father. That is Him speaking to us. Satan and the world will tell us that you've messed up. You're not good enough. I don't want you anymore. I'm sure we've all experienced that with people in our lives and been hurt by that. But God's never going to hurt us like that. He sent his son to the cross for us. And everything that we have now is not because of us. It's because of the blood of Jesus. And so this morning, as we're getting ready to worship our Heavenly Father, just remember that he cannot, he could not love you any more than he does right now and it's not because of what you do it's because of what he did so would you please stand god we just worship you this morning we praise you for who you are we thank you for all the dads who are with us this morning and the dads who are watching on youtube or social media and we just pray for all the dads in the world god that you would just bless them that you would give them health and safety and and just blessings upon blessings god and we we want to worship you this morning the way that you deserve it um knowing that you couldn't love us any more than you do right now um, and we thank you that that is not dependent on our behavior um, how we treat you how we live our lives it's dependent on the blood that your son shed at the cross and how much you love us god we just praise you this morning we worship you we thank you for loving us in your name i pray amen
we just praise you and thank you for being who you are, for loving us despite um, us and who we are. And, and we just thank you because you are great, God. You are great and you are worthy of all of our praises. I pray that you're pleased with our worship this morning. In your name I pray. Amen.
Father, we just give you praise. You are worthy of it. You deserve it. There's not enough praise that we can give you, God. But just know in our hearts that we want to give you everything that we have, everything that we are this morning. And so I pray that as Pastor Jay comes up to share your word, that you would anoint him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, that he would share your words and your message this morning. And that message would fall on softened hearts, that we would truly allow your word, your message to penetrate into our hearts and change us from the inside out this morning. God, help us to be more like you as we worship, more like you as we as we hear the message that you are going to share this morning. And we pray all of this in your precious and holy and mighty name. Amen. You can all have a seat. Let me get this uh, thing situated here. There are new things going on with this microphone these days. But it's behaving. Good morning. Praise God for his grace and his love. And as some of you know, Eileen is not, Eileen is, is uh, she thought she'd be here. She's on an airplane. Her flight was canceled yesterday. So um, uh, she wanted to be here so bad. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I want the entire church this morning to say, Eileen, we love you, because she's going to hear this message. She better. Uh, so so uh, on the count of three, we're going to say, Eileen, we love you. Ready? She heard that. So, honey, hi. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Eileen, we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, praise God. All right, I wanted to... Uh, uh, if you're here today for the very, very first time, we want to, uh, we have a gift for you. So just raise your hand. We have a gift for you. Raise your hand. If you're here for the first time, I know Cody is. Uh, so raise your hand. Anybody else here? First time or first time in, in a long time, like 80, 90 years, you know. If you've been here first time in a long time, just raise your hand. We have something for you. I, I, I wish I could say there's $50 in there. Every hand would go up. Anybody else? Visitors? First time visitors. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 an awesome day. God is faithful. It's uh, God is faithful. God is good, right? And I want to thank the. Um, I mean, Happy Father's Day. Happy fa any fathers here? Happy Father's Day to all fathers. We we praise God for you and um, and and and. Oh my gosh, that food. Oh. But there's plenty of food there, and we hope to have our good food fellowship after this. But what happened? Oh, oh, that reminds me. Wait, wait, wait. That reminds me. Hey, get someone here. I need help. Someone. Hey, Trina, his wife. This is, this is for the wife. Come on, Trina. Trina, hurry up. Help your husband. Come on. Help your husband. He's got an itch. He's got an itch. Yeah, not on his head. It's in his back. So, Brother Caleb, Jeremiah, give those up. So, we didn't do, we usually do something like this for Mother's Day as well, right? But um, on Mother's Day, we gave out mirrors. And really, the, the, the intention of the mirror was to hold that mirror in front of your wife's face and just let her know how beautiful she is. 
And so for the men, uh, this is, this is uh, men, we work hard, men, and we have uh, itches in our back. And so this is, and it says, blessed is the father who walks with God. And so I want all the fathers to stand, all fathers, stand. So listen carefully, all fathers, stand. And then not only just fathers, but those who hope to be a father one day, just stand. If you're here, you, you hope to one day be a father, stand. And here's one more. If you're here today and you're a, a male that at least 12 years of age, a male, a man, 12 years of age or more, I want you to stand as well. So every man in this place should be standing. So I want to encourage all men to stand. And uh, Caleb and Jeremiah giving out these uh, gifts for you. Uh, and, and make sure that you get someone to scratch your back for you, okay? God is good. Uh, we, can rent, we can rent a few people here for the day. Just let me know. All right? God is faithful. Happy Father's Day to all of you. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're thankful to God that you're here today with us. Amen? Make sure everyone standing gets one before they sit down. Just stay standing. Caleb, you're running very slow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Huh? Everybody got one. Who? Did anyone not get one? Any male not get one? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. At this point, before we, before we get into God's Word, we want to get into something else about God's faithfulness. And so I'm going to call Brother David Gray to come on up and share some thoughts with us. Thank you. pastor asked me to tell this story last Father's Day, but I was planning on going to Weedville to be with my father. So he asked me again, so my father and I will celebrate Father's Day on Tuesday. But this happened a long time ago. I wasn't a Christian. But I had uh, what most men would uh, say was a good life. Uh, I had uh, I had been married. I had three or two sons at that time. Uh, I had a new new truck. Had a brand new home. And I I got a registered letter in the mail. I had to go to the post office and pick it up. And when I got it, my wife had filed for divorce. And I talked to her about it, and she said that my life was not fun anymore, and she was going to have a good time. So as you go through a divorce, it gets very bad and sticky and, and a lot of meeting with the judge and lawyers and I was really suffering, and so I'd been in church all my life because my father seen that I was there. And so I went and talked to my pastor, 
And through that visit, I accepted Christ and went on, and I thought that everything was going to get great, but it, it didn't. We, I really struggled, a lot of depression, had a hard time to go to work. Um, and then one night, I just had enough of it, and I went into my bedroom, and I loaded my handgun, and I laid it on my lap. And I was crying and thinking about stuff. And the longer I thought, the worse I felt. And then all of a sudden, I just started thinking about my two sons. And if I shot myself, they would be with their mother all the time. And the guy that she moved in with was a small-time drug dealer. Uh, a lot of alcohol parties, and I just started thinking, I can't leave my sons in that. So I, I unloaded my handgun, and I put it back in the gun cabinet. That was in the middle of the week. That weekend, I went down uh, to my parents' house for supper that night, and my dad tells me, Dave, I was up to your house this week. Oh, you mean I wasn't home? No, he said, uh, I, he said, I felt this real dark cloud over me, and there was something wrong. And he said, I just couldn't take it anymore, so I come up to your house. And he said, your bedroom light was on, the rest of the house was dark, so I thought you was getting ready to go to bed. He said, so I leaned up against the house right below your bedroom window, and I was praying for you. And I said, Dad, what night was that? Oh, it was Thursday. I said, Dad, when that light was on, I was sitting on my bed with my handgun on my lap. I was going to shoot myself. And so we talked, and my dad tells me, he said, I pray for yous every day. My dad would get up at 4.30 in the morning, read his Bible, and pray. Then he'd eat and go to work every day. So there's different times in my life that I had accidents and almost died, but my dad was praying for me. And you know, I probably couldn't have told this story last year anyway because my son, my oldest son, passed away on the, uh, August 21st of 2021. And I got to confess, I wasn't praying for him every day. I did pray with him some, but I just... And I pray for him, but I just figured that he was going to get better because he had had COVID twice. The first time, he had no trouble with it. But he got a, a blood clot and passed away. And I, I, I need to pray more for my family. And the only question I, I know that my dad had saved my life by praying 
the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. But I, what I want to tell fathers today is you need to be praying for your children because you, know, you don't know what, by praying what they missed that might have been a disaster because of your prayers. So when you're praying for your children, just pray that I pray more for mine. Thank you. power in prayer church there's power in prayer and there's power in love uh, for those God's placed in our lives which prompts the prayer amen <clears throat> so thank you uh, brother Dave for sharing those words and thank God that our brother's here to know him and care for him as well amen so I don't know if just to break some icy I don't know if this particular father here was praying to know how to how to really deal with his son so he says to him, um, <clears throat> he went up to his son and said, Hey, son, I want to I talk to you about the facts of life. The son turned to him and said, uh, Okay, dad, what would you like to know? And, and I don't know if this was the same man uh, or the same father, but uh, there's one who said, <clears throat> he, he basically definitely was a man. What is a cat? A cats, um, they do what they want. They rarely listen to you. They're totally unpredictable. When you want to play, they want to be alone. When you want to be alone, they want to play. They expect you to cater to their every whim. They're moody, and they leave hair everywhere. Conclusion of the matter, they're tiny women in little furs. <laughs> but we do love our women. Amen. Thank God for We love you, Aline. All right, anyway. <clears throat> All right, so our text for today is up on the screen. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 2. Let, let's, let's look into this text and see what God has to say to us this morning. Amen? 1 Kings chapter 2, the first four verses. It says, it says, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Show yourself a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and his requirements as are written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me, which was, if your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me, with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Would you please stand with me and join me in prayer? The title of our message is up on the screen, The Best Advice You Can Give Your Children. The Best Advice You Can Give Your Children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you today that... Um, when we address you as Father, we're addressing the Father of all fathers. 
the highest of the highest, the provider of life, the blesser of life. And so, Father, today we praise you and we thank you for uh, this day where we celebrate, fathers, men that you've blessed and provided for them a blessed child or children. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for children and life. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide this service and that you would speak to me and speak to, heart, to hearts, to us this morning. Speak to us here and those at home, dear God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you come to do new things in our lives and that you fix what's messed up in our lives. And so we invite you, Spirit of the Lord, to, to quicken every heart, man, woman, and child, quicken every heart. Uh, give us the capacity to listen, to hear, to receive. And then, God, to uh, allow you, Holy Spirit, to bring the necessary changes in our lives that you want to bring for our own good and for your ultimate glory. We praise you for your grace. We uplift Jesus. It's because of him that we gather, and it's because of him that we celebrate fathers. And so, Spirit of the Lord, guide and direct this service, we pray, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So, um, so David, he, he's old here at this point. He's, he's old in this writing. He's, he's been a follower of God uh, for anywhere since he was a teenager, probably. He was a teenager when he uh, slayed that giant, right? He was, so they say, 17 years of age. So he's been following God for a long, long time, but now his time is, is just about coming to a close, and he knows that. Uh, but, but, but he doesn't. I want you to turn to someone and say, he doesn't, he doesn't, right? He doesn't forget his son. He doesn't forget his son, and he doesn't forget his responsibility to his son. And so he charges, David charges his son, or he orders him or commands his son Solomon. Now, Solomon in this text is probably anywhere between 24 and 30 years of age. He was soon to take the throne as the king of Israel. And so David approaches him, and Solomon, just know that David approaches his son Solomon at that age and commands him or orders him to do something as his father, and Solomon receives it humble as a respectful son. Hard to find these days at that age. And so David, what he does is he gives Solomon some advice. He gives him some, uh, 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 some words of advice. And I want us to talk about that, but I mean, it's, it's advice that is life-changing advice. It's advice that, if, if it, that, that you and I need to heed. It's advice that we, we need to receive, not just for ourselves as fathers, but also on behalf of our children. And, and not just our God-given sons and God-created sons, but our God-given daughters and God-created daughters as well. If you have a son, if you have children, or if you hope to have children one day. And even if you don't, right, the children that God brings our way to bless and to encourage, though not biologically but spiritually into our lives. And so we're to, we're, we're, we're to receive what God has given us in our children, and then we're to deal with it the right way for the glory of the Lord. So let me, let me share with you up on the screen. Uh, I want you to notice the first advice that he gives his son Solomon. It's found in verse 2, up on the screen, verse 2. 
It says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. David says to his son, he says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And then he says, be strong and show yourself a man. In 1 Chronicles 29, we find that David is actually worried about his son. His son was young, and his son was inexperienced, and David is calling upon the leaders to make sure that they're alongside his son as he begins soon to take the throne. And so he knew his son was young. He says to his son, he says, be strong, show yourself a man. So I want you to notice first up on that screen, the first point is um, basic, basically he's saying to his son, remember who you are. I said, David is reminding his son Solomon to remember who he is. Be strong, he says. So the word strong here is the same word that is used of David when he, um, in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel verse 50, it says that David prevailed against that nine foot seven inch giant scholars tell us about he prevailed against Goliath he overcame him it's the same word that is used of Samson in Judges 16 verse 28 where it says that Samson uh, remember he was taken captive by his enemies and they pulled his eyes out so they made him blind and Samson makes this one more prayer to God he says oh Lord God sovereign Lord strengthen my arms as he holds the two pillars. You remember that story? He holds the two pillars and with, with his Hercules strength by the power of God, he's able to knock down the pillars and he's able to revenge or avenge his enemies. And over 3,000 Philistines died that day. And so it's the same word, the same word that is used in those two texts and all over Scripture. Hozak, Hozak is the, the Hebrew word. And it means to prevail. It means, it means to overcome. It means to conquer it means to be victorious. David is saying to his son Solomon, be victorious. Go out there and prevail. Go out there and conquer. Be the man that, that God's called you to be. And so he's encouraging him. That's his advice to his son. And I, th I think that we as parents, we all, we all give advice to our children, don't we? Uh, make sure you look both ways when you cross. Don't, uh, don't talk to strangers. Uh, do well, study hard, eat well, exercise, respect the elders. We all give advice to our children. But the advice being referred to here is a, an advice. It's something that started way before any of that. The advice here has to do with something that Solomon, as a young man, must have witnessed and seen in the life of his daddy. It's something that was, was put inside of him from young by a commitment, a life committed to the Lord, and he saw that. Or something and or something that he heard from some of the influence, of spiritual influences of David. And so he's encouraging his son to make sure that he be strong and, and be the man that you're supposed to be. So what's interesting here is that it is David. It's not the world it's not society. It's not people's opinions that's given this advice to, Sol to Solomon. It's his father. Why? Because he's his father. And he's responsible to do that. As fathers, we are responsible to teach our children what is right and what is wrong. And whether they receive it or not, that's a different story. And whether if they don't receive it today, it doesn't mean that they won't receive it five years from now. 
So David reminds his son of who he is and reminds him of what God wants to do in his life. Church, please hear this. Um, as fathers, we have this awesome God-given responsibility, and we just don't know the influence, the weight the influence and the heaviness of the weight that we carry, the responsibility that God's given us, whether for good or evil, because we can influence our children the wrong way as well. Is there an amen for that one? I didn't think too much, but right? Yeah, it's true. We can influence them. So, so we have this dynamic influence in the lives of our children, uh, this heavy weight, this weight of influence, this, this weight upon us that can influence their lives in one way or another, better and more than any other person or any other thing in all this world until they encounter Jesus. And so we're called to be responsible and to influence our children. I want to give you some, 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 some stats. There are thousands of them. And I could, could have been here all day. I was there forever thinking about which ones. But uh, I want to, up on the screen, notice these stats. These are true stats just came out this year. 43% of United States children live without their father. 43%. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Fathers, please hear this. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. Fathers, we play an important role in the lives of our children. And, it, and it's, it's a God-given role. It's a God-purposed role in the lives of our children. Listen to this one. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Nine times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 32 times the average. 90% of homeless runaway children. Fathers, we play an important role. I think God knew what he was talking about when he encourages us to be fathers to our children. Notice the next slide. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 85%. That's 20 times the average. 85%. 85% of youth in prison grew up in a fatherless home. That's more than 8 out of 10 children. Who end up in prison? Where was daddy? Seventy-one percent of pregnant teenagers lack a father, and seventy-five percent of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Ten times the average. We play such an important part in the lives of our children. There's no other way we can get around that. There are so many more stats I can give you on crime, on child abuse, on rape, all for the same reasons. Father wasn't home. There's a study that has been revealed that when a, that when, when a father and mother, when both parents attend church regularly, 72% of their children will continue to attend church into their older age. But when it's just the father who attends, that number dwindles down to 55%. When it's just daddy who goes to church, 55% 
of the youth or the children, their children will continue into church life after um, they've become adults. But if it's just the mother, it dwindles down to 15%. I think that's a call to daddies, isn't it? 15% of children who come to church with their mothers will eventually will, will, will be the only ones that will come back to church when they become adults. And get this, when neither father or mother attend church on a regular basis, 6% of children will go to church when they get older. 6%. The work begins at home. It begins at home, not in school. I've said that before. It begins at home. We are more responsible to, to teach our children the things of God than our school system is to teach them the things they teach them. It begins at home. So David reminds his son that he reminds his son that, that, that he has a purpose. He reminds his son that he has a, a God-anointed purpose. He reminds them who he is. He reminds them that God has a purpose in his life, and he tells them to keep focus. He tells them, Solomon, keep focus. He says, he says, remember who you are. Remember what you've learned. Remember what I've told you. Remember who you are. Remember what you are to become. Don't lose that, Solomon. He's old in years. He's ready to leave. He's ready to depart. And what was most important to him was what Solomon had learned regarding God. Remember who you are. Secondly, notice up on the screen. First part of verse 3, he says to him, the second advice, he says to him, and don't just remember who you are, he says, observe what the Lord your God requires. He says, observe what the Lord your God requires. So here we find that he is basically telling Solomon to remember God's word. He says, don't just remember who you are, which you learn from God's word, but remember God's word as a whole. Remember his word. He's basically telling him, don't forget what God said to you. Don't, don't, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what God said to you. Don't forget, know, know what he said to you, what he requires of you. His standards, not my standards, not your standards, Solomon, not even the standards of anyone else. You need to remember his standards, what he said to you in his word. And Solomon often heard God speak to him. And so he's reminding him to remember to hold on to that. I want you to notice that, that um, Solomon is hearing something that, that is not necessarily new to him. He, he's, he's being told something. He's being remembered or reminded of something that he's not hearing for the very, very first time. Think about it. He's learning something that evidently he learned as a young man. Something his dad must have taught him when he was younger. And so, so David is not telling him, David is not telling him about David's God. He's telling him about Solomon's God. He says, observe the Lord, your God. He was Solomon's God. And he didn't say, just remember what my God told you. Remember what my God shared with you. He says, remember what God told you. Observe what he told you, Solomon. 
your Lord, your God. And he's reminding him of that, reminding him of what, what God's done in his life. So, so what David does here, we, what we find he does reminding him, David evidently did in the life of his son what every single one of us are called to do, entrusted by God in the lives of our sons and daughters. He helped him realize that there's a God. He, he introduced him to his God. Somewhere along the line, Solomon found that the God of his father, David, was a real God and a true God because he saw that God working in the life of this man who has the reputation, who had a heart after the heart of God. He, he loved God that much. And so he learned, he listened to his dad, he learned from his dad. Church, we are called to teach God's word to our children. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says that. We're called, we're, we're given a God charge to teach our children God's word, and it's never, ever too late for that unless they're gone. But when they're older, it doesn't end. We still have this responsibility. We can still make a difference in their lives. Our children need to know. Either they need to know, either they're going to know what this says, or they're going to know what, what's found in the libraries of our school system. I don't know if any of you have been reading some of that. Um, it's up to us. Psalm 139 says that, that your son, your daughter was knit together in, in the mother's womb. Do they know that? Do they know that, that they have a purpose? Do they know that, that God created them, that God put them together, every ligament, every cell? Do they know that? Jeremiah 1.5 and Jeremiah 29.11 says that even before they were born, God already had a purpose for their lives. Even before they were born. Do they know that? Do you know that as a child, as a son? Do you know that God had a purpose for you as well? My son, Proverbs 4.20 through 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a person's whole body health to a person's whole body we spoke a little bit about that last week and we will next week as well but the importance of God's word and entrusting it to our children fathers please hear this um, <clears throat> we need to teach them we need to show them and we need to teach them we need to teach them because if we don't teach them someone else will if we don't teach them what life is about someone else will The problem is that often the someone else who will will not lead them in God's will. Remember God's word. Evidently, Solomon had been taught about the word of God earlier. They're never too old as long as they're alive, moms and dads. Third advice he gives his son is the second part of verse 3. He says to him, walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands as it is written in the law of Moses. See, you notice Moses, uh, David knows his time is coming up and he just wants to make sure that has, what has been instilled with his heart uh, is something he receives. So over here, he basically tells him to obey God's word. 
He tells his son, uh, son, remember who you are and, and, and remember God's word, but don't forget to obey God's word. Don't, don't forget to intake his word and follow through on, on what the Lord has given you in his word. So contextually speaking here, let's get into the, we, we won't get into the, the whole chapter, but verses 5 through 46, I think it is, that's the context. Um, David is dealing with spiritual matters in the beginning. He's dealing with spiritual, he begins with spiritual matters. He gives his son spiritual advice. And, and he lets him know, he lets him know further down in the chapter that, that there's some uh, uh, everlasting, there's an everlasting dynasty that has been promised to him and to his descendants, provided they, they're conditional, they're the contingent on their faithfulness and their, their obedience to God. So he's, he's working on that with his son. So he noticed that he first addresses the spiritual before he gets to the political. Because Solomon is about to become king. And as a king, he needed to represent his position. He was the king of all the land, and so he had this political jurisdiction over all the people and controlling that and working with that. And we know that that's not easy. And so, but David, instead of addressing the political first, he addresses the spiritual because he knows that in order to resolve the political problems of our world, we need to be in the right place spiritually. And I, I wish that more people in the White House would hear that. We're trying to solve political problems and relational problems without first solving the spiritual problem. We're disconnected from God. And as long as we remain disconnected from God and disregarding His Word, we're not going to solve our problems. We'll, we'll go to our graves with the same problems we tried to solve. And then we'll run into another problem when we stand before God. And so he, he's reminding his son of who he is, and he's encouraging his son to make sure he knows who he is. And then he warns him in this chapter as well. He warns him of enemies that are going to oppose him. So the king is telling his son, there are enemies that are going to oppose you. He even gives, them their, gives him their names. And he reminds him and encourages him about friends that are going to come alongside him. But he begins with the spiritual aspect in the life of his son. What a wonderful promise God has given us. What a wonderful privilege of, of teaching our children about God and his word and his faithfulness and his design and his purpose in the lives of our sons and daughters. And not just our biological sons and daughters, but those he's brought into our church to love and to care and to point in the right direction. They don't just need to see it from mom and dad. They need to see it from brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? And so he encourages the importance of doing that. And he knows that, he knows, David knows that God has made Solomon all these promises in 2 Samuel chapter 7. God has made all, there's a list of promises for Solomon. But David knows that the only way those promises are going to be fulfilled is if Solomon is fellowshipping with God. And living obediently before him. And so he's encouraging Solomon, hold on to who you are and receive what's been promised to you. And so he, and, and we know the story of Solomon, right? He received, he received this advice from David. But we know his downfall was the enticement of women. 700 wives and 300 concubines. He said, I have a hard time with one. 
700. I mean, what was wrong with that guy? But, you know, we know the story of Solomon doesn't end there, right? We read the book of Ecclesiastes. We find that he finally got it all right. That finally everything his dad told him. The influence of his dad is all over the book of Proverbs. I just quoted from chapter 4 and verse 20 and 20 through 22. But it's all over Proverbs. Uh, Solomon brags and boasts of his dad. And, and, and you see that how he uh, received unto himself the same teachings and principles of his dad. He made his mistakes, but he got it right at the end. And you see that in the book of Ecclesiastes. So David's work wasn't a waste of time. Now, it's true that, that some people know the word, and, and some people read the word, and some people understand the word. Um, but where they fall short is in obeying the word. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You ever thought about that? In reading the word, we can actually be deceiving ourselves if we're not following it through. So it's a deception. Who wants to deceive themselves? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what he says. So he tells his son, he tells his son to, 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 to not, just, not just remember who he is, but to remember God's word and to obey the word. Obey the word. Bring it to pass. Fulfill it in your lives. God's made you these promises. And, and, and obey them. Remember who you are. Remember what God's called you to do. So church, God calls us to, to, uh, to be that example to our sons and to be that example to our daughters. He promises us that he's faithful. He promises us that he's gracious. And David, I think it all begins with something that happened in the heart of daddy, David. David would not be sharing all this with his son if he had not experienced the reality of this God that he was now pointing his son to. David knew that there were going to be challenges, and he knew that his son was young, and he knew that his son was uh, perhaps uh, in, in first. First Chronicles 28 and verse 9, it says he, he basically gives his son this advice. His time is soon to come, and he basically tells him, I'll paraphrase. He says, my son, if you follow God, if you stay on his side, he will be there with you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you reject him, he will reject you. God is faithful to his word. His promises are real and his promises are true, but they're conditional. And we need to be there for our sons, and we need to be there for our daughters and it's never too late right it, it is never too late for us to experience uh the life that god wants our sons and daughters to have but it begins with us i didn't have that kind of experience with my dad but i was the one that was the pointer to the lord in my dad's life and i thank god for that god is faithful sometimes he turns it around right uh because he loves and he cares so Solomon says, David says to his son, uh, my son, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Not who I told you you are, but remember who you are. And then he says, don't just remember who you are. He says, remember God's word. Remember the promises. This is the best advice we can give our sons and daughters. The best advice we can give our sons and daughters is remember who you are, whom God's called you to be. Remember who you are. Remember God's word, which we as parents hopefully have taken time. And again, it's never too late. As long as they're alive, you can call your son and daughter on the phone and tell them about God's word. It's never too late. 
And then he says, obey God's word. He says, he says take it to heart. What a, what a wonderful privilege we have as fathers and mothers, as parents to our children, our sons and daughters. What a wonderful privilege. Think about it. That, that we, can, we can, and it's not just knowing the word, right? So they hear, knowing the word, hey, make sure, you know, God loves you. you know, they're hearing the word. No, it's, not, it's not just knowing the word, but it's living the word so that they can see it. See, when we talk with them, they're just hearing what you have to say. But when we live the word, they're able to see it with their eyes. I read once one, where one, one son said, um, my dad didn't just, um, he didn't just tell me about God, but he showed me how to live for God. And, and, and so Solomon is doing this to his son. He's reminding him. Evidently, Solomon had impacted his son through all those years. And now that he's old and ready to go, the one thing he stresses to his son before the kingship, before the political issues, before everything else, the one thing he stresses is remember his word and remember to obey it. And God honored that in the life of David. What a wonderful privilege. Let me take you to the last point here. We'll close with this thought. The fourth advice he gives his son is found in the second, third part of verse 3 and verse 4. It's up on the screen. So that you, so David says to him, so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. And that promise was if your descendants, that includes Solomon, that includes you, Solomon, if your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you, Solomon, you, David, the descendants to follow, will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. And so David here is, if, if he tells him to remember who he is and he tells him to remember God's word and he tells him to obey God's word, provided he has done that, he tells Solomon to expect the blessings up on the screen. Expect the blessings. Solomon, if you've done all that, expect the blessings that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promises, that you may prosper. So in spite of pros what prosperity theorists teach today, this is not a health and wealth gospel presentation here. That is not what, <laughs> that is not what David is endorsing here, that, you know, I should have an airplane and a Maserati and a 17-room uh, uh, mansion. That's not what he is saying here. Though some people will, will die to that. That's not what he's, in fact, that's not how God blesses most of the time. There are times when God will bless us far and beyond, and, and, and if we get that kind of blessings, what we do with that blessing has a whole lot to say about where we are with God. And so he's not, he's, he's not saying that. In fact, it's in Matthew 19 where there's a story where a man comes up to Jesus and he says to him, uh, Lord, what must I do to to to, to to have everlasting life. What must I do to inherit everlasting life? And, and, and Jesus says to him, well, I'm, he says, but wait, 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 wait. I, I've done everything. I've kept the commandments. 
I've been a good person. My bads are overtaken by my good. My good far outweighs my bad. I'm a, I'm, I mean, by all standards, I'm, I'm, I'm fit for heaven. And Jesus says to him, he says to him, um, I want you to sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible says in verse 22 of Matthew 19 that the man looked down with a very sad face and walked away because he had great wealth. So the prosperity gospel can be very, very dangerous if the wealth is being used for self and not for someone else or for others. And so there's a warning there. So no, not prosperity gospel here. So to expect God's blessing doesn't mean that everything will always be hunky-dory. It doesn't mean that, right? Uh, God's promised to bless me. That's it. No pain in my body. I feel good. I got my job. I got my money. I got my garage. I got my wife. I got my children. Everything's wonderful. The health, the doctor said everything's great. Uh, wonderful because God blesses. The <laughs> Blessings from the Lord doesn't always mean that everything's always going to be fine. The blessings of the Lord, the blessings promised are that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, you're experiencing the peace of God. That even in difficulty and even in challenges and even in conflicts and even when things don't go your well, your way, Eileen wanting to get here yesterday, but it didn't work out. The importance of knowing that even in chaos and even in confusion and even in disturbances, even in all of that, when my world is shaken, when I have no money for the car, when I have no job, when my health is dwindling, uh, even in all of that, the blessings of the Lord are promised for His people. And so we lean on that. We don't lean on the fact that we don't have a job or that we're not healthy. We don't lean on that. We'll fall apart doing that. God calls us to lean on Him when the troubles come. That's the blessing. In fact, the trial itself becomes the blessing. Because I needed that trial to see how faithful my God was. I wonder if anyone in here can testify to that, that there was a time in my life when, when, when it just didn't go my way, it didn't go well. Dave, I want to say something. You have a wonderful wife now. She's a wonderful woman who loves the Lord and serves the children in his church and weeps before God for the children. So we never know how chaos can be a blessing from God in disguise if only we trust him through the trial of that chaos and that confusion and that difficulty. So the blessings, we need to expect the blessings of God just because we're his children. It's in Job 13, 15 where Job says, remember Job, it, 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 read his story. It, I cry when I read his story, what Job went through. But he says in Job 13, 15, he says, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. I will worship him. I will honor him. That's what it is to have the blessing of the Lord, that, that though something may not be going well, I can still praise Him. I can still hold on. I've got something to hold on to. And that something begins with Creator God who gave me life and changed me and saved me. That's the blessing of the Lord. What else in this world offers that? You call the doctor and he gives you good news. What's up with that? Oh, he gives you bad news. What's up with that? Those are the hard things to say, right, Sam? When you call someone and say the results, they must be tough. Um, 
the only one that can provide peace and consolation, that's the blessing, in difficulty and storms of life, is him. It starts with Jesus. It starts with Christ. It starts with him. It's not everything else working out. It starts with him. And so it's in Acts 16 where uh, Paul and Silas are thrown into prison. Remember that story? They're thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. They're thrown into prison, and they're in shackles, and they're handcuffed, and they're behind gates and bars, and they're probably surrounded by water bugs and rats and roaches and all kinds of things, and it's hot. There's no TV. There's no video recording. There's nothing going on, just a hot, sweaty cell with nothing but garbage and very little food, if anything. And the Bible says that they began to praise and worship God. Church, are you hearing? That's the blessing of God, is the ability to worship Him because you know that your life is in His hands, and He's faithful. And they began to sing, standing on the promises of God, my King. Hallelujah. They begin to praise and worship, and you know the story, what happens there, right? An angel of the Lord comes, an earthquake comes, and they're freed from prison, out there again preaching the gospel of Jesus. And so the blessings of the Lord, he says, he says to Solomon, basically, uh, Solomon, expect God's blessings. If you have, if you're remembering who you are, if you're remembering his word, if you are obeying his word, expect the blessings of the Lord. God is faithful to his word. What a wonderful opportunity you and I have to set the stage for our children. When David departed, when he took his last breath, he was at ease. He was relaxed. He went in peace. Why? Because he had, he had attended to the care that God gave him over the life, the spiritual life of his son, and he could leave in peace. He did his job. And I pray that we would all be able to do that as well. Um, so remembering that our blessings are not always material in, na- in nature. Right? We're always looking for material blessings. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that when we, when we hold on to the material blessings, what happens is that we lose sight of the one who brought the blessings. I knew of someone, um, I still know there's someone who had one day committed himself to walking with Jesus and loving God, and something happened in the job. They gave him a, a big raise, and um, he began to... Um, to buy weights and all kinds of things and filled his home with weights and things like that and started looking big and bulky and the girl starting started to get the attention and um, he just left God behind just like that because the material blessings confused him with the spiritual blessing behind the material blessings do you know that the devil can also bless us he did that in Matthew 4 verses 8 and 9 right he says to Jesus bow down before me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Imagine that. Satan is offering Jesus the kingdoms of the world. Jesus is the king of the universe. My gosh. Um, but that's what the devil does, right? He'll, 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 he'll put in front of your face something that is enticing. As long as it deprives you of encountering God, he'll give you whatever you got to get in order to say that I don't need God in my life. David made sure his son didn't go through that. So, so let me just say, the best, up on the screen, the best advice you can give your children, remember who you are, provided we've taught them who they are, right? Or we can tell them what God says in his word. Remember God's word, obey God's word, and expect God's blessings. That's the blessing of God. That's the blessing of God. It's, it's just knowing, knowing that 
knowing that as long as I have God, it was Billy Graham who said, um, if there was no hell and there was no heaven, I still would be a Christian because of what it does to our families and to our homes. That's the blessings of the Lord that have everything to do with him and very little to do with everything else that comes with him. It starts with him. And so I want to close by reading a poem that I found and then um, talk to you very quickly about an encounter that I recently have. Here's the poem. It says, Walk a little slower, Daddy, said a little child so small. I'm following in your footsteps, and I don't want to fall. Sometimes your steps are very fast. Sometimes they're hard to see. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for you are leading me. Someday when I'm all grown up, you're what I want to be. Then I will have a child myself who will want to follow me. And I would want to lead just right and know that I was true. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for I must follow you. As I close, I just want to share. I sat with a friend not too long ago, and the tears came to his eyes every time he spoke about his children. And he said that, I, I really messed up. I, I, I messed up. I've, I've, I, I wasn't the dad that I was supposed to be, and, and, and I messed up. And I feel so bad, and I feel so ashamed, and, 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 and I had to encourage him. As long as we're alive, there's still a chance to be an appropriate dad to our children. I, I, I encouraged him that God loves you no matter what you've done wrong. He loves you no matter how many times you've messed up. That's why he died on the cross. Jesus didn't die on the cross for perfect people. He died on that cross for people who don't deserve to be loved and who deserve hell. He went to that cross, gave his life for lost people who needed God. And I encouraged them. God sent his son because he loves you. There's value in us no matter how much we've messed up there. There is value when we entrust our lives to Jesus. There is value. So a valueless life, an empty life, a hopeless life, a no good life, life a life with no meaning becomes something automatically when we invite the one who went to the cross and gave his life for us to make us fathers and mothers and sons and daughters that we could never be without him the best advice you can give your children remember who you are remember God's word Obey God's word and expect God's blessings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your grace, your love. Father, we've all messed up, not just me as a father, but her as a mom, and not just us as parents, but him as a son and she as a daughter. We've all messed up, but we thank you that you take broken things and you fix them. We thank you that you take things that society says are no good and you fix them. We thank you that you take confused lives and you fix them. 
We thank you that you reach us when we're headed in the wrong direction and repoint us in the right direction. You fix the broken things, the hopeless things of life, the emptiness you feel, the void you feel. And so, fathers, I want to talk to you, but mothers as well, please hear this. Sons as well, please hear this. Daughters as well, please hear this. doesn't matter the age. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Have you come to the one who puts it all together? The one who gave his life, the one who gave you your son and daughter to begin with. Created your son and daughter in the womb for you. A gift from the Lord that he entrusts to us to teach in the way that they should go. If you're here today and you're a mom or you're a dad or you're a son or you're a daughter, maybe your relationship with your son is broken. Maybe you haven't seen him in a long time or heard from him in a long time. God wants to fix that too. And even if your son is gone and no longer here, um, God will bring other sons and daughters into our lives, especially as Christians that need to be embraced, that they need a father figure, they need a mother figure. And so we can still be fathers. We learn from our mistakes, church. So if you're here today and... uh, and you need prayer for any of this, would you just please stand? I want to pray for you. Say, I'm a, I'm a father, and I know I've messed up, and I, I need you to pray for me. I've messed up, and I need you to pray for me. The enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy and to remind us of our faults. Jesus comes to remind us of his death. Just stand. I've messed up as a dad. Would you pray for me? I, I want to make it up. I want to be there for my son. I want to be there for my daughter. Even though it might seem impossible, it's not impossible with God. Would you stand? I want to be a better son to my dad. He works so hard. I want to be a better son to my mama. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better daughter. I want to appreciate them. I realize their purpose, their purpose is for my own well care, for, for my own good. Their purpose here, their advice is, is for my own good. Would you pray for me? Just stand, please. And maybe you're here today and you've lost your dad. He's no longer here. Your granddad, you've lost him. He's no longer here. You were never able to say, I'm sorry. You're never able to say, I love you. And maybe you're carrying that weight in your heart. God wants to take that weight away from you and fill you with his peace and his comfort. We can't battle the things that are no longer able to be battled. They're gone. You need to give that over to Jesus. So would you stand if that's your prayer? I'm carrying this heavy load for years and years because I I never received my dad or I was never there for him or I was never there for my son and he's no longer here. Would you please stand? Because today, this Father's Day, God wants to meet you. God wants to meet you. We've all messed up, my brothers. We've all messed up. My friends, we've all messed up. Jesus came to die for those that mess up, man. The devil will remind you that you messed up. Jesus will remind you that he went to the cross. He came to fix you, to change you, to fill you with his peace and his comfort and his hope, not just in this life, but in the life to come. That same David who spoke to his son in Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow and death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he finishes that psalm by saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
heaven became a home to him. And that's where our joy comes from, the hope of heaven. Now, if you're here today and you've never, ever done this, as we close, you've never, ever said, Jesus, be my Savior. You've never invited him to truly be your Savior. You never made it real. You've heard about it. You know about the religious talk, but you've never invited him to be your Savior. Where, where David said to his son, remember your God, your God, what he's told you, my God wants to be your God as well. And so you've never invited him and said, be my personal Savior and be my personal Lord and lead and guide my life. If you've never done that, I want to invite you to come up front. Let's do it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The devil comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. And all of us have tasted of that. We've experienced a bit of that destructive lifestyle. Every single one of us in one way or another can tell stories of what David just shared with us before. Stories of what we did in the past or thoughts we had or things we did or choices we made that we were ashamed of and disgusted of. And Jesus came to fix that in your life. And so if you've never invited Jesus into your heart, would you come up? Let's pray for you right now. Let's make it real in the name of Jesus. Let's make it right today in Jesus' name. And that voice that is telling you, don't waste your time, don't do this, rebuke it in the name of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm saying yes to you today. I'm saying yes to you today. In Jesus' name, Father, break every chain that is depriving us from being fathers to our children. Fatherless homes, broken homes, lost sons and daughters with no direction and getting it elsewhere because daddy wasn't home. Would you break this in our society, in our generation, in our homes, in our relationships, in our families, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God is faithful. Just raise your hand like that right now, Mikey. This is your new brother in the Lord right now. Just raise your hand. Would someone give him a hug later, okay? Give him a hug later. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God is faithful. 
uh, only he breaks the wars there's a war there in all of our lives there's a war there and the further we're from God the taller that war seems to be and the closer we get the more that war begins to come down till we finally see Jesus and we finally see Jesus we realize my gosh how have I tried to live and manage without you in my life what a difference he makes what a difference he makes I've been on both sides of the fence I know I know what it is to live without Jesus and that's why I have a heart for the lost you know that we got to get out there and tell them because I know what they're going through I've been there and I trust we are too let's not forget where we were when Jesus saved us the devil has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they would not believe the truth of the gospel our minds are blinded till Jesus is allowed to come in father thank you for your grace and love and your mercy um, I did want to read as I close this to you guys uh, we celebrate birthdays today is Father's Day but I wanted to just know from the Pope just know that celebrating birthdays in June is Denise Snyder Sarah Conrad Vivian Boma Vivian Boma's birthday is coming up uh, David Gray and Lee Parcel happy birthday to you guys anniversaries for the month of June I hear June's the month to get married and we got a lot of June marriages here uh, uh, Matt and, and Kate Klein uh, uh, Dave and Sharon Gray Jacob and Paula Tribe Tim and Denise Snyder Lee and Donna Parcell Pastor Dave and Kathy Mansfield Donald who's here with us and Cheryl blessings happy anniversary to you as well and Chris and Jill Zahey happy anniversary to all of you God is faithful and gracious and he's a good God amen, amen. we're gonna get ready to eat and have some food but to me the most important food was the spiritual food I wonder if any of you agree with that amen father thank you for your grace and love thank you for these birthdays thank you for the anniversaries you are the sustainer of our lives you're the sustainer of our lives and thank you for the second birthday that was recognized here this morning my nephew Mikey was born physically but today he was born again spiritually thank you father for the reality of the second birth and when there's a second birth there's an eternal dwelling force awaiting us thank you for your grace would you bless the food embrace these ladies who uh, work so hard today to show us that they love us embrace them Lord Jesus put your arms around them remind them that they're loved and that we appreciate them and Lord I pray that you would embrace the fathers and the men today encourage them as well thank you for your word and for what you've begun in some hearts perhaps we claim that what you've begun in hearts Jesus your labor is not in vain and so Holy Spirit when your word goes out it goes out with a purpose so I pray for his heart and her heart and their hearts in the name of Jesus we pray for deliverance and freedom in the name of Jesus we pray for a breakthrough in the name of Jesus we pray for a life of joy and contentment in spite of what's going on in our world in the name of Jesus we praise you we thank you we bless you in Jesus name amen thank you would you please stand for our closing song
blood for his grace. What an awesome song. You know, in the long run, God wins. In the long run, he wins because he's already won. He's already there. We're just waiting to get there. He's already won. And so we need to claim what's already happened. We're more than conquerors through Christ. And, 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 and the Lord is still, he's not finished working in our lives yet. But he is everything we need to be everything we need and have everything we need to have. It begins with him. Nothing else will fill the void. Father, thank you for the food. I pray that you bless it to our bodies. I pray for the fellowship around the tables. I pray for a spirit of rejoicing. I pray for a spirit of, um, of connection, relationship building. I pray the love of Jesus to flow throughout this church. We invite you to be the center of this, this fellowship. We invite you, Jesus. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, Father God, to be the center of our conversations and the center of our moments together and the center of our joy, for joy comes from you. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and all the people together say, Amen. Thank you.